You're listening to Everlasting Fruit with B. Charles. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you to seek God daily. It's about learning to be intentional in our walk with the Lord by remaining rooted in Christ. It's about reading to know and love God's word. It's about producing fruit that brings glory to God. It's a journey of growth and everlasting fruitfulness. Join me weekly so that together we can draw encouragement from the word of God. I pray that the Lord will use this podcast to move you to seek him daily for every day and for every area of your lives. Let's get into it. Hello, ladies. Welcome to Everlasting Fruit once again. Please excuse the change in my voice. I am recovering from laryngitis. At this point, everything that makes you cough is COVID, but not this one. I have been praying that my voice would return to a functional level so that I could record this episode and close out this month. So thank God that he hears and answers when we call out to him. Last week, we discussed the four types of love. In fact, this whole month has been about love and all the topics covered are connected. So please listen to the other episodes and conclude with this one. This week, we'll be exploring the question, can love sustain a relationship? And its counterpart, is love enough? We know that this question comes about because people do not believe that love is enough. People do not believe that love can sustain a relationship. You hear statements like love can't feed you or that love won't put food on the table. When I analyze these statements, the underlying factor is that love has been made into a currency as if $100 bills somehow come with love embedded in them. This is because as depraved individuals, we have strayed so far from God that love is now transactional. Please, somebody let us know, is love founded money? Is that why everyone wants to be rich? I can understand the frustration of not having the basic needs, but people tend to think that those without money somehow lack love. And that is far from the truth because the 10-minute relationships in Hollywood have proven that money does not mean love. Using love as a currency leads to exploitation. It leads to a displacement of values and morals. It also turns love into a performative thing. If I do this, I will be loved, etc. It should not be so, and it is no wonder many believe that love is not enough. Because no matter what you do, you cannot please a person who is not pleased by you. Further, building a relationship on the belief that love is not enough is the same as believing that your relationship cannot last. So is love enough, and can it sustain a relationship? Absolutely. The issue arises when we misunderstand love. We discussed the four types of love in the previous episodes. Eros being the romantic or sexual love. Can love be sustained by romance or sex? For a while, but when it sizzles, 
when things change and the frequency of it affected, like, you know, children, pregnancy, will it remain the same? If your ability to have sex with your spouse is affected by something like a disability that impedes one from participating sexually, can one who is drawn to you in their relationship because of your ability to perform or please them sexually be fulfilled in the marriage if things were to change. If your body changes, your looks change, maybe your comfort to their most preferred positions. If that changed, do you believe that your relationship would survive? Forget the changes actually. For some, everything can remain the same, but their appetite can no longer be satisfied with only you. They want others, you understand? So what happens then when the infatuation and intoxication of romance dies down? Or you change and the simplicity of their romance or their romantic acts no longer excites you. Can your relationship last? If we get into storage love that we discussed last week, we know the dysfunction that families experience because storage love is a familial love. Parents against children, children against parents. Some siblings hate each other so much they can even kill. First example is Cain and Abel. I'm pretty sure you know of Joseph and his brothers. You think that's far-fetched? Look at your own family. There are at least a few people who don't talk. Nothing is new under the sun. When we try to love outside of God, we're going to fail tremendously. We can never satisfy each other's expectations. We as individuals are always hungry for more. Even when we look at filial love, according to many Bible commentators, filial love is the highest form of love that human beings can express without the help of God. Can you believe that? That brotherly love we are to have for one another as neighbors, as individuals. Still, when it comes to saving oneself over a friend, over someone that is so dear to you, many fail. Many will choose self-preservation over saving their close friends. When the going gets tough in any of these types of love, will love be enough? Will it sustain the relationship? When a friendship betrays, like Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus, can you still love? Because Jesus knew the betrayal was coming and he didn't even try to stop it. He still loved on Judas. Asking this question as Christians is kind of a given. We have discussed in the previous episodes that God is love. So to ask whether love can sustain a relationship is the same as asking whether God can sustain it. But to answer this, we must first be able to answer the following questions. Did God ordain the relationship? If the answer is yes, then absolutely God can sustain what he ordains. I know some people believe that you can start a relationship on a whim, but it doesn't have to remain so. If you don't do so from the beginning, go to God and ask for his wisdom, ask for his purpose and his guidance. If you're already married, you can't press pause. Sorry. <laughs> you can't call it quits just because you feel like you 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 didn't start out with God. No, your marriage is still valid. But you can go to God and submit your marriage to him. And for both, when you submit a relationship to God, then you must be ready to obey his instructions and leading on how to proceed in your relationship or marriage. We have to remember that God's idea for marriage is that what he put together 
no man can put asunder. The longevity of a marriage is based on one person's lifespan in the relationship. So it can be long and it can be short, but it was built to last. God ordained the first relationship, which was a marriage for reproduction. Your marriage is not meant to be stagnant or barren. It is meant to be fruitful and not just in having children. So don't get married when you don't know the level of your commitment, when you're not built to last, and when you're not ready to give up your preferences for the betterment of your partner. Love can sustain a relationship that is submitted to God, especially when the man and the woman are also submitted to God in their own personal relationships with him. Think of it like like a triangle. God is at the pointed part at the top and the husband is on the bottom end and the wife on the other bottom end. You can see that there is a distance between the husband and a wife. For them to come together, they must be maintaining their relationship with God by looking upwards and moving upwards, going in the pointy direction. If both are heading the same direction, they get closer and closer to each other and who? To God. Eventually, they meet at the top. But say if one person decides they're not going to pursue God, then only one partner inches closer to God while the other remains at the bottom. And that causes a lot of friction. That causes a lot of um, disturbance and contentions because, hey, there's an imbalance in the yoke. Because one will be submitted and the other still wanting the self-life. I love how God made a point in uh, Amos chapter 3 when he was talking about Israel's disobedience. They rejected God in their deeds and practices, yet they expected God to continue walking with them, providing for them. Basically, they expected God to turn a blind eye to their sin. He asked in Amos 3 verses 3, do two walk together unless they have agreed to meet? We have the tendency to involve God in a matter when we do not agree with his instruction. We are not ready to obey his word. We're not interested in living for him. We want him to bless a sinful relationship, bless a relationship best, um, built on last. We want God to sustain love that is not rooted in Christ. And it cannot be. We must both in the relationship. And I am mostly talking about marriage here because that is God's intention. I mean, I don't know about any other relationships, but if you're a Christian and you're getting in a relationship, the purpose should be marriage, not anything else. And it should also be to please God, of course. So if we get into a relationship and we want God to sustain it, we have to remember that it must be rooted in Christ. If we ask, how can God sustain the relationship? Then we look at the word. In Psalms 11 verses 3, it states, If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations are destroyed, then there is instability. And then further, in Psalms 127 verses 1, it also notes that, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So you can build all you want, but if the Lord is not in it, everything is done in vain. 
And I love the analogy of the watchman here because the watchman um, back in the day used to watch over the cities to ensure that they alert everybody of any incoming, um, you know, danger. So it doesn't matter how attentive you are to every little thing. If God is not in it, whether you're looking out for, you know, um, you know, danger coming in or whatever it is, you can still miss something. Because God is not in it. So you need God. Your foundation should be based on God. There is a limit to what we can do in relationships. We don't see what's in the mind of our partner. We don't know our spouse's motives. So we can only do so much to sustain the relationship with sex. We can only do so much to sustain the relationship with friendship. We can only do so much to sustain the relationship because of, you know, a familial bond. We can only do so much to sustain a relationship with vacations, with money, Money, with therapy, you know, but to have a God honoring relationship, we must ensure that the foundation of our relationship is God. Christian marriages or relationships are not exempt from failure because the foundation of the relationship matters. What you ascribe to matters. What you base something on matters. How you define love matters. So who are you submitted to? Not all Christian marriages submit their relationships to God. And not just that, they may have started out that way, but whenever it does not suit their preferences, they reject the work of God in their marriages. So I don't get shocked with the divorce rates in the world. I definitely do not blink an eye at the divorce rates in the church because a lot of churches are still operating their marriages on worldly foundations. In fact, a lot of churches are teaching worldly ideologies or theology about love. But we must get in the word. We must search the scriptures for ourselves and uncover the truth. We must learn. We must build our relationship on the foundation of Jesus. Because through the Holy Spirit, you can get insight on how to turn a broken marriage around. You can get revelation on how to meet the needs of your partner. If both of you are submitted to God, God can can convict the other in conflict in order to bring peace peace in the home. A lot of things can be done in a spiritual sense that can save your marriage because God can heal. God can restore. God can do so much more in the spiritual that we cannot do physically. So we need God because we only see things and we only see things in part, but God understands. And, you know, in, in first Corinthians, we, we saw that, you know, Paul says, you know, he is fully known because God fully knows us. He knows our innermost beings. So we are blindsided by the aspects of, first of all, us ourselves, not knowing ourselves fully. We are blindsided by that. And then we're blindsided by the things we do not know about our partner. But basing it on God and, you know, leaning on God, relying on God and yielding to him, submitting to him in in, in our ability to love, in our relationship, in our marriage, he can show us a way that maybe we missed. He can show us the key to propelling our relationship to fruitfulness. So make sure that your foundation is in Christ. So another thing that I see is that a lot of churches are so focused on how husband and wife 
relate to each other when their focus should be on how they, the husband and the wife, should relate to God. They do not stress the importance of being submitted to Christ in a marriage. Rather, there is a lot of wives submit to your husband and husbands love your wives. But what is the implication of that? How dangerous is it for women to be married to someone who only understands that he is to be submitted to? Because that individual only understands that, hey, if I marry, I have someone who has to do my bidding because that, you know, in in reality, if we're honest with ourselves, that's how a lot of people believe it. That's how, because when you get married, you end up finding out like, hey, I'm the head. You end up finding out like, you know, your partner is saying, hey, I'm the head because they don't understand the implications of that because for them, they just want to be submitted to. They don't understand what being a leader involves, what headship involves. And I know that they don't understand this because the particular verse in Ephesians 5, it went on to say, you know, Christ is the head of the church and Christ loved the church that he died for her because they wouldn't have understood the implications of that. So for us, we need to move away from, you know, this whole specification. And I know it, it is very, very important, but some do not know what leadership entails. They don't understand what love is. Some men really believe that love is just about bringing home the bacon. And some women also believe that submission is just about agreeing with their husbands and keeping the home. But are you dying to self? Are you imitating Christ? Are you making a great representation of Christ's love for the church and his headship over the church? We must remember that our marriages are only as strong as our foundation. So what is your foundation? How are you working out your salvation in Christ? There is another question I want to cover, and that is, can God sustain a marriage he did not ordain? First, it is up to God to sustain something. Like it's up to him if he wants to sustain it or he doesn't. I just want people to understand that marriage between a man and a woman is valid before God, even if the couple are non-believers. We know that God's plan has always been to reconcile us to him. So when we come back to him and submit our marriage to him, we must be ready to follow his instructions and leading on how to proceed. If we take the lead again, we risk being out of his will. So then how does God sustain a relationship? We know that God's love is unconditional, it is unchanging, it is unending, and it's sacrificial. doesn't expect anything. That is agape love. We can only demonstrate this love when we are believers because it takes regeneration for us to be able to operate in this because innately we are selfish. And we are benefit-seeking individuals. If we study the attributes of love, as we covered in episode seven on how to recognize love, we can answer the question like, is love enough? Love is enough when you're gentle and kind, when you're not arrogant and looking for your own way, when you're concerned for the welfare of your family. And this may be demonstrated through working to provide the necessities and to support each other and to support each other as partners in order to achieve a goal. Love is looking out for each other 
Are the chores overwhelming? Let me do my part so that you're not overwhelmed. Are the expenses too much? Let me make my contribution financially so that you're not stressed. Marriage should be fruitful because we're meant to help each other become the best version of ourselves in Christ. To love is to ensure that you are giving your partner the support they need for them to first thrive in their relationship with God. Agape love requires that our relationship with God is intact and thriving because that is our source for a relationship sustaining type of love. We have heard the term that we cannot pour from an empty cup. Well, (laughs) connect with God daily and frequently so that you can be filled with all that you require to handle the day, with all that you require to handle your relationship, and with all that you require to handle your life. Moreover, before submitting your relationship to God so that he can sustain it, start by submitting your heart so that you can be changed inside out to demonstrate love to your partner in the likeness of Christ and in the way that God intended. So can love sustain a relationship? Like I said, absolutely, because God is love. And like the song goes, he is our firm foundation. Amen. Okay, ladies, we have reached the end. This episode was a bit long. I had to cut out quite a bit, but please continue to study this for your own edification and deeper understanding. I hope this blessed and encouraged you. And my prayer is that your hope in the Lord, if if somehow it, you know, it is dead, that it will be reborn, that you may grow in your relationship with God so that you can love like him. And I also pray that you will not be afraid to to be different in believing that whatever the Lord ordains, he sustains, and that includes love. Please don't forget to, you know, leave a rating and a review as this helps the visibility of the podcast. If you somehow wanted to talk more on this episode or just wanted me to cover a particular topic, please feel free to connect with me on Instagram at Everlasting Food Podcast. That's one word. Or shoot me an email at everlasting.fruit number eight at gmail.com. So that's everlasting.fruit eight at gmail.com. Until the next time, God bless.